We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Bandujo, and today we are wrapping up Rom-Com Month with a very special episode on multiple accords. Uh, joining me, as always, my host, Caroline Darney. She's back to, to wrap this month up. And then for the first time on the show in like three to four years of doing this, my wonderful, beautiful wife, Jacqueline Banduho, is going to be joining us, uh, talking her favorite movie, her favorite, well, one of her favorite movies, not even, not her favorite rom-com, not her favorite movie, but up, certainly up there for her in a movie that we enjoy sharing together. We're talking You've Got Mail. Uh, before we get into that, I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our producer-level Big Chill patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Ridge, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBoe, Classic Stadium Fire, Dan McFall, and Kevin Inkleman. Big thanks to them, all the patrons, for supporting this show, keeping this show going. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash bigscreensports. Get to vote on polls for the movies for the show to cover. Uh, we got two polls up right now for movies in March. And then in March, March 15th, Ted Lasso's back, going to be shifting back into that. Alex McDaniel's going to be back. Caroline, of course, a lot of exciting stuff in March when Ted finally drops. But uh, with that, let's let's wrap up Rom-Com Month talking You've Got Mail with Caroline Darney and my wife Jacqueline Banduho. Well, minus specifics, it's hard to help except to say, go to the mattresses. Except to say, go to the mattress. What? What does that mean? It's from The Godfather. It means you have to go to war. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is it with men? What is it with men and the Godfather? Hello. All right. Returning to big screen sports to wrap up Rom-Com Month. Very special episode to wrap up Rom-Com Month. Uh, first and foremost, my, my co-host, Caroline Darney. Caroline, how are you tonight? Hello. I almost um, I almost watched Made in Manhattan. I know. that Because it was <laughs> <laughs> when I searched M.A., 
eye <laughs> to find this movie. That one also came up, and I was like, ooh, Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes and J-Lo, you know, the one that everyone's clamoring for, that couple. Did you watch that? Did you think about watching it after? Like, did you go back? I did. It's, it's. I guarantee before this episode comes out next week, um, I will have watched it. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I will stumble back. I will stumble back into it and be like, you know what? Which made Manhattan. I, I, I look um, forward to the text thread. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I uh, actually kind of like that movie. If we're gonna be honest. <laughs> well, next year's rom com month. We let's let's cement one down. But was... <laughs> tonight we are joined by a very special guest for this this very special movie. I had needed to call in an expert on beginning a relationship online, and joining us is my wife Jacqueline Banduho. Jacqueline, how are you tonight? Hello, I'm good. I'm ready to talk about this movie. Making your podcast debut after I've like four years that I've been doing this show. I've that finally... you've le- like kept me as far away from the podcast as possible. <laughs> the truth comes out. I mean, listen, I, I had to like I, I had to to needle you to get on this episode, but this is this is one of your favorite movies. I something we've watched together. You we 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 watched it before we got together, and then now we've watched it a few times together. And so I'm very excited. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Before we get into it, Caroline, what's going on at Bet for the Win? All sorts of stuff. We're uh, you know got some Bachelor co- coverage still going strong. The uh, the Bachelor got COVID. Oh, in like, mid season. Oh, no during the season yeah so how lots of drama how did they navigate <laughs> that i don't want to like, well they dive... did they were in london first of all oh my uh gosh. he goes on a one-on-one date um they don't separate her from the rest of the crew so i'm not sure i'm assuming everyone's getting tested i don't know i was like i would be worried if i were her she just spent the day making out with him and spending very close time with him all day and then the women that had the group date still went on the group he still sent them on the group date he's like oh i won't be able to make it i'm not feeling great this is before the test came back <laughs> um and then it rained on them on an open double-decker bus and it was just a lot of bitching it was hilarious actually um and then he didn't make the evening portion <laughs> and then the next day jesse palmer <laughs> who has already had a rough go of things when I think it was this season on the first night he came in to like drop off the first impression rose and one of the women's like go back to ESPN <laughs> oh shit oh my god <laughs> oh no I stopped laughing it was incredible heckling um and uh yeah anyway so then he's like so and he, it was so dramatic of course it's the bachelor because he was like I have some terrible news yeah Zach tested positive for COVID, and it's like, oh, okay. Did, like, did the tested positive like hang there for a little bit? Oh yeah, it felt very, <laughs> very long, very pregnant pause. Um, and then all the women that had like complained, like they kept saying they were stood up by him on the group date. I was like, no, he told you that he wasn't going to make it. Like, he, I don't know if you know what being stood up is, or if you've been like, I've been stood up. They do not tell you that they're not coming. That's a huge portion of the being stood up. <laughs> like, like we someone in this movie got stood up <laughs> yeah that would be a really interesting bachelor date they all have to quarantine together yeah like so then everyone they, they ended up doing the cocktail party and the rose ceremony on zoom oh sick and i wish wow. they had done i wish they they had opted for like actual chaos um cocktail party and had them like all on a screen and unmuted and trying to talk over one another 
that would have been great instead they went one by one in to talk to him like on a screw on an ipad um but yeah first ever uh rose ceremony via zoom so wow how march 2020 I know two women got dumped in London via Zoom. That so, is the first anyway. time because like I've said this before on the show, but like Jacqueline, you and I are we're off the, the bachelor narcotic. And I <laughs> this is kind of like the first time I wish that we were watching that this year. I know just for that. Just for that. Well, I've got recaps of the first five episodes. So if you head it's on over to late. it's not too late, head over to For the Win, check them out. Um, we'll also have a lot more uh, college basketball content. I know you asked like what we got going on that turned into five minute tangent of <laughs> bachelor update. This has been your bachelor update with Caroline for rom-com month. It works though. Cause we, we yeah. talked about it on how to lose a guy in 10 days as well, but um, let's, let's wrap rom-com month with a uh, again, one of, one of my, my lovely wife's favorite movies, movie. I love movie Caroline revisited for the first time in a while and certainly has some thoughts on, we are talking about You've Got Mail, the 1998 rom-com book superstore magnate Joe Fox and independent bookshop owner Kathleen Kelly. Wait, fall in love. This is like a weird. I'm reading this through. For the <laughs> I, love these fall I love these recaps. Fall in love in the uh, anonymity. Man, that word that word always gets me. Anonymity. Anonymity. <laughs> of the internet, both blissfully unaware that he's trying to put her out of business. It starred Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, written and directed by the great Nora Ephron. Got a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, is right in that 90s moment where we are churning out tons and tons of rom-coms. Kind of I cements Meg Ryan as, as the queen of rom-coms. This gives her three that are pretty universally beloved with uh, Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally, also a, a Nora Ephron rom-com. Um, Jack, I will kick it to you first as a someone who loves most of the Nora Ephron movies. Where does this rank for you in, in the Nora Ephron of it all? So personally, When Harry Met Sally is always going to be number one. It's like, in my opinion, the best rom-com, period. Um, but I, and I think y'all mentioned this on the how to lose a guy in 10 days episode. I'm not the biggest sleepless in Seattle fan, mostly because you only get Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan for like five minutes together at the end of the movie. So for me, this one is number two because you get them so much throughout the movie. You get banter, you get, you know, their chemistry. So this one is my second Nora Ephron. It, it ranks second in my Nora Ephron power rankings. <laughs> I would say it's the same for me. I think When Harry Met Sally is, is the goat of all rom-coms. I really love this. A movie that you and I watched together, Julie and Julia. You know who's in that? Chris Messina, by the way. Just thought about that. Um, more Christmas. <laughs> oh, he's the husband. That's her husband. Yeah. 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 More, tune in. Tune in later. Are, for, are those far? <laughs> are those far enough apart for that to make sense? It's it uh, eleven years. So. Uh, wow. Okay. Tune, tune in in a, an hour and fifteen minutes for some more Christmas Cena talk. <laughs> so set your timers, Caroline. Where, where is this for you? Because you revisited this for the first time in a long time. Uh, you know, coming off, you know, c- coming off uh, a, a month full of rom coms. Where does it sit for you right now? It's good. It's <laughs> yeah. It's. <laughs> I'm trying to like. I think I agree with your power rankings. I think Harry Met Sally. I don't remember. And I need to watch Sleepless in Seattle again. Um. The thing with in we talked a lot about deception this rom com month. Did. And 
where and we'll get into a little bit more but this was much more of that like some of the things gave me a little bit more of the ick in 2023 than when I first saw it and loved it and was like this is so sweet um the original viewing and so I don't it's one of those like if I had continued and I talked to it so Alex McDaniel friend of the pod couldn't make it today she saw it for the first time like which is this crazy (laughs) wild especially and she was like you know it's probably good that I did not see it until this point because she was like I'm such as an Efron stan like she's like I would have been obsessed with this the idea of running the bookshop and the and the whole thing and I was like I get that and I think it's a similar thing with me or if you if this was one that I had seen a lot or had access to a lot like when I was a little bit younger and like watching more of these this was like I saw it a couple times and then again this whole it all depends on like what you had on video, right? Because mm-hmm. like, that's such a huge part of it. And for us, that was while you were sleeping. Again, no idea why. It makes <laughs> no sense. Like, I don't know why that was the one that, like maybe someone gifted it to us. I don't remember. But it's just kind of like the ones that you continue to watch and have access to. Like there was no streaming. So it's not like I could plop down and like just put it on repeat or have, even having it on DVD. Like it wasn't a thing. So um, it's enjoy- it's en- it's definitely an enjoyable movie. And it's, enjoyable if you also like separate like that part if you if you you can't always look at everything from especially it's not problematic i don't think there are a couple things like just a little bit of like fat shaming at the end like you know things where you're like "Eh, that was a little off color like but nothing horrible so it's just kind of like 2023 me is like this is emotionally deceptive (laughs) but it's still a fun movie (laughs) i think I think what makes this movie for me, like it's one of my favorite movies. Like it's probably easily in my top 10. It's a warm blanket of a movie for me. And it's definitely something me and my sister have watched together. We, I do, we own this on DVD. So like, it's something that I remember watching, you know, by myself when I was, you know, single in my apartment. And it's something that for me, it's definitely a comfort movie. And I think a lot of that has to do with the setting just as much as the chemistry, And I'm sure we'll talk about this, but New York in the late nineties, the upper West side. Oh my gosh. That just looks like (laughs) my dream. Um, And I think that has a lot to do with it too. But anyway, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's not something that I thought like a lot of quotes jumped off the page at me, but I feel like it's one that is extremely quotable. If you are quoting with someone that has also seen it a thousand times, like the same type of where Kyle and Ryan were like, what quotes do you have from this movie last week? And I was like, wow. And I just started reciting the whole thing. Like, that's not a quotable movie. It's just, we remember it and it brings back those memories and you have those, like, there are definitely some interactions with, like, Steve Zahn and Miss Rhode Island in the bookstore that are just priceless, especially around the start of the internet. And some of it that over, like, still holds true um, about another way. Like, what is it? Like, the internet's just another way to get rejected by women. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love what a like yeah. what an early like this had to have been one of the first mainstream takes on internet relationships and just uh-huh. interacting and finding common ground with someone on the internet and like I mentioned it earlier and I've talked about it before like Jacqueline and I we met on the internet like we met on Twitter and and I Caroline I texted this to you like there's there's something about the internet and there's something that this movie is saying so early on in the internet about how sometimes people 
find just more comfort and, and are able to be themselves a little bit more virtually. And like, that's yeah. been, that's been like one of the nice things about the internet is being able to find common ground with people, both like romantically as friends, like Caroline and I met over the internet. Like you find yeah. people with common, common interests and are possibly able to be yourself a little more other, you know, as opposed to in your day to day life, when you're like known as a pretty dickish book Lord <laughs> And you have to kind of. I've got <laughs> thoughts on the Fox Man <laughs> yeah. world. <laughs> what do you? Yeah. I mean, but I think a lot of where this movie, and I, I think the warm blanket part of it is actually their email interactions are so, um, are like very heartwarming and very sincere. And you can tell under what Joe is doing in his day to day life, it is almost like there's a person in here who can break away from this like ch- chain of shitty men succession in his family, like. I, you know, when we leave this movie, I feel really confident that Joe isn't going to have a daughter in his 80s. And I think that's, I think that's <laughs> something to celebrate here. Yeah. I think I, all of that, when you text that to me, it's like absolutely right. Because, um, one, the beauty of what I think, and I, I got thinking about it after you texted me, because I consider myself a pretty social person. Things have obviously changed since 2020. Like now it's definitely, I have to build up like social energy to like, if I'm going out, like that's now a much bigger thing than it was like two years ago, three years ago. Cause I've got, and then I've got to like recharge the battery type thing. Like after, but you were um, a wonderful host when we visited Charlottesville, by the way. Just, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, I love, I love like I, that part, I think like, especially once you've established friends, it's the beauty of online. And now I think even adding texting or um, even something like Slack or discord or choose your, method of typing is you can carry on the conversation at your pace without and one it definitely allows you to feel wittier funnier smarter and yet also not give up that instant reaction time I think so like if I'm texting with Kyle about a movie and you send me something and like I immediately hit you back with like the usual lol or lmao or like emojis or whatever but then I can also have a thought out response to someone that's, you know, if I'm like, I don't, it's, it's also the same with like dating apps or whatever. Sometimes I feel much more comfortable in the first early stages, just like texting someone, then I don't want to get on. I definitely don't want to (laughs) FaceTime. I don't like, if you call me, I'm probably texting you back. Like just calling feels so personal now. It does. Kyle didn't want to FaceTime when we started dating. <laughs> I was I was not a good FaceTimer or phone caller. I mean, like I'm just not a on the phone bird. I don't know. And it, it works in such a, like a fun pocket of the internet, though. Like in those early stages, like there was no. It was very reasonable that these people could stay strictly anonymous. There was no online profile yeah. to look up. Although in Sleepless in Seattle, they're able to find out like. Meg Ryan and Rosie O'Donnell are able to find out like a bunch of shit on Tom Hanks's character who lives in Seattle. So that's a, that's a whole other thing, but um, <laughs> it's, I think she used some questionable methods. Like I, I, she used her jobs resources or right. something. Yeah. But. I feel like I remember that. Like also I love, I love like X-Files do this all the time. Like old computer scenes. Uh, love it. Those black screen with the green yeah. font. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, impossible looking like now it looks like you're able to code when you're just doing a basic search 
type thing. <laughs> Whereas that was like the simplest of things that you could do. I always think of Ferris Bueller racing how many days he's missed right in front of the uh, right in front of the principal. That's like my favorite old computer scene. Um, so I, Jack, Hall of Fame movie. Don't think I have to. <laughs> oh yes, for me this is absolutely Hall of Fame. I will say for, this is first ballot. Yeah, I will say this is a Hall of Fame as well. Caroline, put the onus on you. For rom-com, it's a starter for me. Okay. Okay. Just because, I, like I said, I've got like the ones that have latched onto my heart as my comfort movies that are more the like 27 Dresses, While You're Sleeping. Um, and then newer ones like Set It Up and Palm Springs that have kind of, that I would, if I was picking out of the bunch type thing, those would probably be the ones that I go to first as my Hall of Famers. Um, but this is a solid, solid rom-com. Palm like, Springs is another like warm blanket movie. Like I feel, yeah. I feel so good watching Palm Springs, which is funny because it's dark. It's very dark. <laughs> it's, it's on but... the it's on the like more dramatic, like dark side of yeah. rom com. <laughs> the thing about Palm Springs is it put me way ahead of the Kate Bush craze. Uh, I I was there first before all the Stranger Things people. When I was clean, I was gonna say I was like, you only watch it for the needle drop. The needle drop, <laughs> the greatest needle drop in in movie history. Many people forget. Um, so the IMDb trivia with this one, uh, there's like the obvious, this is a remake of the 1940 film shop around the corner starring James Stewart and Margaret Sullivan. The original film involved two employees at a leather goods shop in Budapest. Uh, have either of you seen this movie? No, I love Jimmy Stewart though. Unfortunately have not, but we do have it on DVD because it came with the you've got mail DVD that I have so we could watch it. <laughs> I just remembered that literally right now. So a leather shop in Budapest. Do we have that here at our house or yeah. is that your parents' house? Yeah. No, we have it here. How about that? I'd have to find it. Bonus but we have episode. It, yeah. <laughs> Physical media just sitting around the house. Rom-com month has been a big DVD month. It has. Yes. It has. Yes. Because yeah, because you know, we watched Forgetting Star Marshall on DVD, and then um, was that the only one? Did did. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. it. We have You've Got Mail, though, is, is yeah. my point. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is uh, this is streaming on HBO Max for anyone who uh, who has not seen it. Um, okay, so this one, this piece of trivia, I was actually very, very interested by, and it also sets up the obvious sequel. The location of Fox Books in the movie is location of a real-life Barnes & Noble at Broadway and 83rd on the Upper West Side. The Barnes & Noble generated considerable neighborhood opposition when it opened in the early 90s, as many feared it would drive a local bookseller, Shakespeare & Co., on 81st Street out of business. 1996, they closed their doors with their two other locations remaining open. 2018, they announced their return to the Upper West Side. Ironically, the big chain bookstores have been hammered by online retailers who offer even lower prices and greater convenience. Barnes & Noble's main competitor, Borders, went under in 2014, RIP Borders. Uh, with a rollback oh, on huge downtown boring. stores, which have to pay extravagant fees for their leases, smaller bookstores are reappearing in key locations. So that get, that's oh. the obvious, what the obvious sequel would be, is like Fox yeah. Books is hurting, even though Barnes & Noble, I think, has like made a comeback recently, be like, Fox Books is hurting, Kathleen has to be like, listen, this is how you gotta do it. Small, you know, like, box boutique. That's that's the next step. That's That's oh. perfect. I don't love the name, but yeah. I'm just work I'm just workshopping in here. We'll figure something else out that's better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Come to the table with more, Kyle. I, this is I'll figure yeah, I'll figure something oh. out. Um 
So Joe is using an IBM ThinkPad 770 series, which had a retail price of $6,999 in, in, in 1997. Kathleen is using an Apple PowerBook G3 250, which had a list price of $5,700 in $1997. At least those names make it sound like they are the uh, aircraft carrier engines that mm. they probably possess. I think I texted Kyle. I was like, there's no way that she's sitting in her bed with that thing on her lap. You know, it's hot as like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, 0% chance she's able to like sit with that on her lap and not on a desk. Yeah. <laughs> I love the big, thick laptops in this. And like the sound of them on the keys is so pleasing. And then yeah. same same to be said for Frank's typewriter. I do love the, the oh, typewriter. Love the typewriter. The typewriter yeah. sounds. The dual typewriters. So does Frank. <laughs> he's got to have a backup he's in love with his typewriter that nut who's in love with his typewriter see that's the thing this is i could quote this movie all day yes. and night i'm gonna have to sorry i will refrain from doing no please that. do it please i love it i absolutely love it please do caroline it. when are you gonna get dueling typewriters for, soon. for your content soon as soon as they connect to wordpress <laughs> wi-fi typewriter. i do love it i do love a typewriter um yeah, I just love, I love this. Skip brought back so many of the like. It made me miss aim a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's a nostalgia. It's like it, it's a great nostalgia movie. There's yeah. just a, there's a lot to it. And I think we'll get into it, but like the the mechanics of dating in that era, and just the mechanics of being around. Like he says the thing at the end, like, do you want to meet me for lunch Saturday? Like around lunchtime right over there. And I'm just like, that's, that's it. That's the only thing you're going off. Like, I would need you to get that tattooed on your hand to, to know that you're going to keep this appointment. Like you can't call somebody also, or anything. What's around lunchtime. That could be 11 to two, the way that my life operates sometimes. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> there is a lot of like naturally running into each other that, I mean, I don't live in New York City. Maybe it still happens. Yeah, that's true. Air Caroline's doing air quotes, but <laughs> sorry, there's a I lot forgot. of this is an audio medium. I always do visual jokes. <laughs> I don't know if that still happens, but I I think I associate that with something that used to happen more. Just running into people that you know and not knowing where they are or not knowing you know where they're going. Yeah, that only yeah. happens now when you're at the grocery store and it's someone you went to high school with that you don't want to run into. Like, there's never like the good <laughs> running into someone. It's always like, oh fuck, there's that person again. So it's true. that's, I mean, that's especially a for you. Yeah, especially for me living in in Bernie, Texas. Um, before we go to ad break, the thing that we've been doing in rom com month, like, how do we feel about this couple moving forward? And this is an interesting one because like we see them right at a moment of big reveal. We see them literally right after their first kiss. Right after they're both having to, pro especially Kathleen is having to process some stuff. Jack, I will, I will start with you. How do you, how do you feel about them moving forward? Okay. So here's the deal. I understand every reason why they wouldn't, but to me, yes, they go on to, you know, have the perfect life together. I'm not going to, I'm going to save it for my best quotes, but the quote that he says to her, they have the life. They don't fight about movies on Saturdays. So to me, I, I understand every reason why they wouldn't, but to me, yes, this couple, yes, they last, they work out. Caroline. Three months tops. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I just, there's so much deception 
throughout that and i i think like t- the one thing i think that extra goes in their favor is the idea that like she has definitely seen him at what i hope would be his worst in the sense that like he is a complete dick multiple times in this movie um and it is cool one of my favorite things is seeing him like break that even if it's like he's 100 percent cheating in this relationship in the sense that he has way more information and a very important piece of information that she does not with regards to their developing relationship um but i just don't i don't know i don't i don't feel great about it but also i think that they both stayed with people that they didn't like for a lot longer (laughs) so maybe that's one where they just stick it out so who knows that's where i think like they will have to, there will have to be kind of a a long conversation or some sort of reckoning about like, Hey, this is what was going on. But like, I think they're compatible. They have built that level of compatibility and, and clearly are, and they've, they've started to do that in real life, like right before they meet. And also they both experienced being with the wrong person for them for so long that I think they'll, they'll at least like give it their absolute all when they feel like this is the right person. They'll like, you know, and I, it seems they just have, they have great chemistry when they are together. And when he's trying to, um, when he is trying to kind of make amends with her and they, they actually get along well. And so I think there is the basis there. And like when he, I was going to talk about this later, but like when he shows up, it is not the look on his face. I always, and I, I noticed this more this time. I always like thought that he was just kind of like walking, like jaunting up, chasing after Berkeley and like real happy. And that look in his face is like, she might hit me like this. I'm not, I don't feel, I don't feel a hundred percent confident about this. I'm hoping that she will like accept me and be happy to see me. And, but she might not. And that I think like, him at least having the acknowledgement that what, you know, that maybe he went about it the wrong way, but also as we'll get into, I don't know how many routes he had. Um, it, it we'll, we'll talk about it. I, I feel like there's, he, he kind of, he gets between a rock and a hard place in some way that he, I mean, he puts himself between that rock and the hard place, but um, let's take a quick ad break. And then we're going to get back with, uh, with three up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, three up, three things that worked about this movie. Uh, Caroline, I will kick it to you first. What, What stands out is what works the most for this movie. 
this might be the most obvious well there's two things i think the most obvious um one is the chemistry but two i'm going to hit on the technology um it's just such a fun way to and they, they did such a great job that can be really difficult to convey chemistry via technology and it can be very difficult to move a storyline along with so much that relies on like either having a character narrate what they've written or having it up on the screen long enough for the audience to read it um so i think that part and it's at the time wasn't nostalgic so if someone fell in love with this movie when they watched it early on in the 90s like all this stuff but part of it that plays into it now i think is like i like i said i miss aim (laughs) i was watching it it like took me right back to the days of like getting home and like going upstairs i remember exactly where the office was at our house in northern virginia you like i would turn on the computer and like let it boot up basically and then like go change into pajamas or something if i'd gone out with my friends for dinner or movie um and then you like pop you know like all the away message stuff in college and then that honestly kind of goes right into facebook for me so these things kind of like all then drag out the history of like technology throughout your life i don't know i just think that part is so well done um and for the most part relatively still I don't want to say relevant, but you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like they're communicating with telegrams. Like it doesn't feel so far away that this is not something that we would still do or something that's still plausible. Like it, it, the topics and the themes, I think age incredibly well within a story that's based on like 1990s technology. Jack, what works about this for you? Um, I, so I agree. I'm going to, the chemistry of course, but Caroline, something you said that kind of made me think about it. It's really interesting to watch them have chemistry, but still communicate like you were saying, obviously not talking face to face. And I think like right off the jump, you can see that because the very first scene, which I mean, not to get into best scenes, but what (laughs) the very first scene after they're walking to work that first morning that we see them, um, Joe says something to Kevin, Dave Chappelle, and then Kathleen yes. says something to, oh, Christina. Is that Heather Burns' character? Miss Rhode Island. They, they, yeah, Miss Rhode Island. They yeah. quote the emails to each other. Like they yeah. each say a line that the other person had sent in the email. And I thought this was the first time I noticed that on the rewatch. And I was like, that is such a good way to like show how they're kind of letting this person that they're communicating with, they're having that chemistry with them without even talking to them. They're infusing it like into their lives. So I think that's a really good point, like the technology aspect, but conveying the chemistry via technology. Um, But if I had to say, like, my number one thing that works is the vibe of late 90s Upper West Side, New York. It looks like my dream place to live, especially like, don't you love New York in the fall? Like when the leaves are falling. And I just think that that just seems so idyllic, I guess, to live there at that time. So for me, the setting absolutely works. And then something that I wrote down that I don't think I really appreciated until I kind of became someone's mom is Kathleen's relationship with her mom is so sweet. And she talks like the scene um, when she's talking about how around Christmas, she always misses her mom more. I just thought that was so sweet this time. She's like talking about that. And I think that's such a a part that kind of lets you know a lot about her, even though we never see her mom, except in the little flashback. But anyway, 
I think that that's something kind of setting up how she feels her relationship so deeply. I think that's a really good, I think that, I mean, that's something that worked for me and up one up. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I just love the character of Kathleen. Like I just, mm-hmm. I just love her. And it's like Meg Ryan. You just want all the best things for her. Like this, when Harry met Sally, you're just like someone loved this woman. Um, and someone like be, be right for her, but just like you guys touch on it, like their chemistry, they're both, they're both really good together. Meg Ryan seemingly though has chemistry with like everybody that she comes in contact with, at least, at least from like 1989, yeah, at least from, well, I mean, goose, she's, she's got, uh, man, <laughs> oh, yeah. love flying Great with you, Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just, they're just so, they're so good together. And I mean, and. And in like a lot of these rom-coms we've talked about, like when the chemistry is good, but between these people, they, they make you forget about a few different things and they make and like, that's the mark of a rom-com that isn't like when, when a rom-com, when it, everything isn't buttoned up tight. Like I think everything about actually Harry and Sally makes sense. Like them, them as couple, like there's no whatever, like this obviously has some things that jump out where there would be like, oh, you know, make you kind of second guess, but like they're so good together. One, they're even like when they're playing like kind of like tennis back at each other, when they're like rivals, like that's both, that's really good. But then when they're, when Joe is trying to put his, his, you know, trying to make amends, they're, they're great together. And, and that, that helps a ton. I think with the point about like them being so great, even via email, like that, like their emails like buzzed, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and that's part of it. I think where maybe I'm reading way too into this, but um, as someone that likes to have contrary to what you might believe some of the things I say on this podcast (laughs) that likes to have like witty banter with someone that you're interested in romantically, like in the sense of like, um, like I, I just, I'm joking that I say a bunch of dumb stuff on here, but I like to have smart conversations with someone that I'm interested in, like, because I think that's important. I think that's important. And part of that is that's part of the relationship that you can be a lot harder to show in a movie. And they show that via the emails. Like they're showing this, like playing to each other's um, intelligence and understanding and, and higher emotions. Even if he, I don't know if he was lying, but big big red flag for your girl if you don't know who elizabeth bennett is the namesake of my dog um like but that's just one of those like you know i love a good i love a good banter about mr darcy like are you kidding me like thank you nora that's exactly the type of shit that i am obsessed with wait elizabeth Um, bennett is why bennett is named bennett yeah i always thought it was tony bennett no (laughs) everyone (laughs) thinks it's tony bennett and tony bennett did not hurt the situation (laughs) Um, but I have loved Pride and Prejudice, like for as long as I can remember. Like we watched the five hour Colin Firth one like weekly in our house, like the multiple discs DVD. Um So is, yeah, is, is love, your Mr. Darcy yeah. then Colin Firth? It's not Tom Momscans. Oh yeah, it's Mr. Darcy. <laughs> um, but the other part to your what you said, Kyle, about that chemistry still they do well what every hallmark movie essentially tries to do which is the like at odds um in a work environment type thing like whether it's the big wig coming to town to shut down the the bakery or in this case the bookshop or whatever it is um and it's the whole time you're watching it you're like 
this is crackling. Like clearly you have like, you know, and it's always like the friend that'll be like, he's this awesome flirt. And they're like, no, that guy, he's trying to put me out of business. And you're like, you know, um, it does that part so well. And there's there's always there are a few rom-coms that I was kind of surprised what I didn't remember is I thought she found out before the review. Like I thought there was that contention period of she found out about the deception or that nothing you know, like that he knew who she was and she didn't know who he was and then they had to like resolve that um but yeah i just think the the chemistry is so so good and the, <laughs> to the 90s point she just reminds me of my mom like and not like by she doesn't look like my mom like my mom doesn't look but like the outfits mm. the sweaters the the pixie haircut the like scar the the entire vibe is just like reminds me of my mom in the 90s and it i think that's where it's like the biggest blanket type thing for me where it's like watching it just but also in one sense it kind of takes away from the like romantic side of things because it's like this is my mom (laughs) you're like watching something that because when i first saw it and that's everyone's dad like yes that's that's they felt so much older when i watched it the first time and it's not necessarily like we can have this conversation now, I guess. <laughs> we talked about this before. It's the not necessarily the lead man that you want to rip the clothes off of. <laughs> it's like the wholesome guy that is gonna love and and this is not a bad thing. It's like the wholesome guy that you're he's gonna love you forever and provide you with safety and comfort and adoration for all of your days. <laughs> like that's great. It's so it's just an interesting like different way you're not watching it being like oh yeah tom hanks so sexy like yeah i mean maybe you are absolutely and the khaki the khaki pants that she wears yeah i like i love this movie but every time i see those khaki pants i'm like girl like what are those like i know the the trousers are back in style but they're so they're just so not cute the gray baby tee within the like oatmeal sweater over it it's just like varying levels of like beige i was like yes yes <laughs> and just and like the whole time like david was like she's a she's a babe like it is someone you know like whatever like it's just yeah. this um yeah she's precious. i think you're right though about like the so it's and i mean it's just it speaks to nora efron and just how brilliant she is she did like obviously in when harry met sally you have like the friends to lovers trope and then in this you have like the enemies to lovers trope and I mean that's just like inject that into my veins like give me a good trope like I'm here for it so I think I think you're spot on about that and what Caroline mentioned about the chemistry too and and like them finding it over email like she said that I think the direct quote those emails were buzzing is that you don't Yes, they are both in relationships when the movie starts, but you don't see that in their relationships. Like there is, there's clearly, and and like Frank and when, when Frank and Kathleen split, they both, they both do the thing like, yeah, we're so right for each other, but it just, they don't, they don't have that. And there's clear, like they are different with, with these people, this person that they met online and they formed a bond with than their, um, than the people that they are dating at that time. And is that, is that totally right? No, but did they get into this chat room to find their soulmate? Probably not as well. But like, especially with Hanks and and Parker Posey, who I think uh, Alex said we need to shout out native of Mississippi, Parker Posey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's like 
yeah, they make sense. Like she's, she's got like a, a high powered, cool job. He's a, you know, he's an owner of this book franchise. Like they, you know, they're both kind of a, the New York elite and they make sense together, but like, there's not none of, they don't, they don't crackle together um, no. a, at all. And then Frank and Frank and Kathleen are both kind of, I like, I look at them as completely on different wavelengths. Like they are both thinking about different things at all times. Like Frank's got his typewriters, Kathleen's focused on the store and other things. Like they're not like they're, they're cohabiting. They're, fr- they're very like friendly cohabiting. Um, it <laughs> their relationship gives me anxiety because I feel like at no point does either one of them know where the other is or like what the plan <laughs> is like just constantly be like oh dude were we supposed to meet like I just <laughs> neither one of them whereas like you get the complete opposite with Parker Posey and Joe Fox where it's just like they have probably a shared calendar that like you know someone is calling them to update them on like what time their dinner reservations would be type of thing whereas the other two I'm like you forgot to eat for two days, didn't you, Greg Kinnear? <laughs> Absolutely. I worry about him sometimes. Another quote I heard for the first time at the beginning of the movie, Joe goes, Pat- Patricia, talking about Parker Posey, Patricia makes coffee nervous. <laughs> it's like, yes, she does. I did, I did like that. She, yes, I like that. And I, I mean, we'll, again, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but talking about their partners, Kyle knows this. I think Frank Navasky is so funny. I agree, though. It's like he hasn't, like you said, he hasn't eaten in two days. He's been headfirst in his typewriter. Like, yeah, it's it's so funny. It's a chaos that I wouldn't want to, like, I don't think I could take on on a day-to-day thing. Like, but this would be someone that I'd be, like, really good friends with type thing. Um, they just make it out to be, like, we should dislike them. Like, that's what I, that's what I kind of had beef with. I guess we can get to that part, but, like, I didn't dislike them and I felt like they were being set up to me as though I should find them a drag or annoying or like explain why they would go into this chat room and start this relationship with someone else. And I don't get that vibe from either. Yeah. It's, I think both relationships make sense, but there's just, there's not that. I mean, when you see Frank and, uh, and the news anchor, like have their, have their flirtation, like you see, that's the first time that Frank has shown that kind of interest in somebody and he's only doing it because that person is showing a lot of interest in his work. Like he, I mean, really it's like hundred percent recycling the plot point from when Harry met Sally, when it's, uh, when it's Carrie Fisher and, uh, and what's his face getting together because she read his piece in the New Yorker or whatever. Like, it's like, it's that, it's that exact thing, but. uh, Oh my gosh. That's actually such a good call out. Jess and Marie, because she quotes, um, restaurants are to people in the eighties, what theater was to people in the sixties. I think it was. And he's like, I've never had someone quote my work back to me. And then I think Frank Navasky says that too. That's a good, I mean, there you go. Nora Ephron. Look at that. Kyle. It works. I'm an expert. It's a loaded cast though. Their, their partners or their, their current partners are played by Greg Kinnear and Parker Posey. You get the young Steve Zahn. You get, you tap Chris Messina for one scene. Great Chris Messina <laughs> pull there by, <laughs> by Nora Ephron. Um, I mean, Everyone playing a role in it, like Dave Chappelle, like, listen, I, Caroline, I texted you this, like not being able to pull whole wholeheartedly for Dave Chappelle right now kind of stinks. Cause he was yeah. so important. He like, he, yeah. that man made up 90% of like things I quoted in, in the two thousands, but like yeah. Dave Chappelle and, and Jack, you mentioned this when we watched it, like he kind of had a lane. He could have done a lot more roles like this, where he's the friend yeah. in the rom-com. Could be a real dog, but good luck. 
<laughs> Would you go and look for me? Me? Yes, just go look through the window and check her out, please. You're pathetic, man. <laughs> yeah. 100%. He was great. He's so funny. He has some great fits too. He has a lot of like leather, not leather jackets, but like the leather, like, I mean, nowadays we call it a shacket, but yeah, it's like, a lot like of the outfits. open shirt. Like, the, yeah. Yeah. Like leather button downs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there, is there anything else that of the big standout things that work that, that we haven't talked about? I think just the plot. Like, I like the idea of the, the contention of the, although I will say, <laughs> I get it. Like, you read the whole thing about Border or Barnes Noble coming in and, like, you know, knocking out small bookstores. The big bad being, like, a place that provides literature to people for less, for, <laughs> for cheaper amounts of money <laughs> is kind of funny to me because I think that, like, getting people more access to books is generally a good thing. Like I don't, I'm not saying I want every small bookstore to go out of business, and it's one of those like the same people that are hand wringing about like that's what I think. There's some things that Kathleen could have done to potentially uh, make her business more appealing. Like maybe you put in a little coffee thing. Like I just think there's some steps you could have made. However, um, but that part did kind of it wasn't like it was a I don't know law firm, you know, like whatever the big monolith business type thing might be, like an accounting firm was coming in or they're putting in a factory. Like obviously that wouldn't put out a bookstore, but it's a cute, the premise is super cute. And it's mm-hmm. again, it reminds me of Hallmark movies and I love those. So they're putting in a sweatshop <laughs> next to our bookshop. <laughs> like, it's just like, Oh, well, Hey, more kids can get access to books for cheaper. That seems good. <laughs> Yeah, that's and I think that's kind of a point to like, I mean, we could be here all day, but (laughs) I think that's a really good like point to it is that he says we're providing books to the masses and it's like they are there. And when she makes the comment about we could be the book district, like the flower district, she's like, if they don't have it, we do. And then um, Birdie says and vice versa. And it's it's like it is providing a lot more access for people to get books. And I think that's like. I don't know. I think I think there's a lot, a lot there, too, that goes with the Upper West Side and how people were back then. But, yeah, that's a really great point. Well, I mean, it's it is it's like the whole thing. It's like Amazon, like it's a corporation that's making money versus small businesses. And this is I don't want this to be like clipped and be like, Caroline, hates small business. Like, it's just (laughs) that's how I'm going to promote the episode. Caroline Darney comes out against small business. (laughs) <laughs> because I do I mean I absolutely and that's where you're 100% right that the sequel to this is like kind of now creating more boutiques and that's a boutique that has like a little wi-fi and 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 coffee section and like I love going to there's like going to a good little bookshop and um there's something about like the quaintness of it and the smells and like as weird as that sounds yeah. but like you know like every once in a while I need to because I've got like audible subscriptions I've got you know the stuff for my kindle I read on the you know on my kindle or whatever it is like the kindle app on my ipad but every once in a while you like to get a physical book and like actually turn pages and I think that's something that well like we love going to bookshops like there's a local one where we live when we went to New Hampshire we found a local little bookshop and that was great but Going to a Barnes and Noble is still fantastic too. Like there's there's one in Charlottesville that I really like. And ironically, I don't know if it's ironically, but 
and there has a Starbucks in it. And Starbucks is heavily featured in this movie. This is like a quasi Starbucks ad. <laughs> lot throughout. of lot of Starbucks yeah. in this movie. Okay, let's um let's get into the strikeout. I, I think there's just the obvious the the concept of 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 Hanks of Joe knowing that he he was carrying on this relationship with Kathleen and doing it for a certain amount of time without without her knowing. And Caroline, I'll kind of let you have the floor for this. <laughs> it's just so one of the things that's so weird that I did not remember was the fact that we jump into this movie and they are in a full-fledged emotional relationship cheating on their significant others like they're people can have the debate as to what constitutes cheating i think i would almost be more offended if someone was like pouring their heart out to a stranger on the internet in romantic ways than like so it's kind of like oh guys that's not necessary like they're setting them up as cheaters right out the gate and it's one of those things that was a choice that i don't think needed to be made and alex and i actually talked about this briefly today where it's like it would have been i think just as effective and just as good as if they were like if Parker Posey and Greg Kinnear were their friends. This, this was like a thing that they were discussing with them, that they met this incredible person online. They've never met someone that way, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't know why it needed to have like them cheat, like emotionally cheating on a significant other, like from the jump. Like I forgot that they were already in this relationship. We don't get any of the, how they met in the chat room and other than one like offhand comment that it was an you know 30 over 30 chat room that they both stumbled into and started chatting um that's kind of all we get on that but it is it's it's the manipulation by joe knowing i'm trying to remember i don't think had the bookstore even been shut down when he realizes it's her no no and so there's like you add in that kind of quasi problematic uh from an ethical business standpoint um i think it was going that way anyway like the, they were going to just kind of win that battle it is what it is um but he essentially like is just puppeteering her down the back half of this movie like i think he's kind of orchestrating the times that they run into each other as quote-unquote friends he knows what she thinks of his responses and then can tailor future responses to either continue that banter. And, and so it's just such an unfair advantage that he has in this relationship to a point where I was like, this makes me uncomfortable. Like they're having the back and forth of like, you know, he knows what his screen name means. And they're having like multiple long conversations about like, you know, and he's using his band. And again, the chemistry there is still off the charts. Like they're bantering, like it's cute. It's funny. Um, but he just, it's, it, would kind of be, I think now, if someone knew who they were talking, you didn't know who you were talking to. They knew your last name, had looked up everything about you and then started like talking about how like, oh, you know what movie I love while you were sleeping? You know what I mean, like tailoring the discussion to something that they knew you liked and appreciated to to curry favor. And that's, I was like, now ick, ah, so. I think that they could have done it where he never saw who she was. And when they meet, they kind of can reconcile that professional relationship or get to a point where like they do have that banter and actually have the chemistry in real life, in person and have that conflict be 
I had this connection with this great guy online, but now I think I'm falling for Joe Fox, who I thought was a complete dick the whole time. And like, now I'm torn. And then he shows up and they realize that it's actually them all along. I don't think we need to have one of them trick the other. Like, I think that, I think you're right, Kyle. It's hard. Like once he does start tricking her, like how do you get out of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cause you stood her up on the date. Like there's really no coming back from that part of it, whatever. But anyway, that's kind of a rambling long. That's where I have like the 2023 Caroline being like, uh, this isn't appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's valid. That's what I was going to say is I feel like this only really works in 1998 because, you know, um, and I don't remember if Kyle, I don't know if you said this before we started recording or while we were recording, but like they had that sense of anonymity. They were never going to know who that other person was unless they like told them. So it, you know, he couldn't look her up on social media. He couldn't, you know, try to figure out who shop girl was or vice versa. And so I think it only works in like the early internet era. And I, I think at the same time, I absolutely see where you're coming (laughs) from at the same time, like Kyle and I did meet online and I did kind of see, you know, some of the stuff that he had tweeted or that he had talked about. And I was like, okay, well, that's somehow she still kept up with me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I mean, not to bring up my top gun, Glenn Powell, but Taylor Swift has the song mastermind. And it's like, what if I told you none of it was accidental? And it's like, you know, you have, you can kind of, when you meet someone and you're like, this is my person. Yeah. You are going to do like what it takes to make sure that you can make that happen. And I think, but he I knew mean, you existed. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. The, that's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I don't even necessarily, point. if you're not using your fellas, if you're not using your resources in a way that is beneficial in that sense, like I think you're, you're losing, you're leaving something on the table. It's the, she thought they were on equal playing surfaces yeah Um, i I was going back and forth on it because like this is back-to-back weeks where we're covering a movie where someone gets a little out over their skis and in my opinion the person while you were sleeping who does is 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 actually saul and we talked about this that like saul kind of like rolls the dice and is like if i can just get this figured out but I, I was because she's reluctant in that situation. Exactly. She doesn't want to take advantage of the situation to like, you know, she's not trying to manipulate anyone in that. Like, <laughs> Versus in Saul is like, yeah, keep going with it. And then she's yeah, why don't you marry her? Like yeah, I she's getting skate. terrible advice across the board <laughs> yeah. in that one. <laughs> so with this, like I look at, I look at, jo- I want to, I, I want to, I want to talk about them with their partners too. But with, with Joe, with this, like after he figures out it's her and after, you know, they, you know, the, the shop closes, things like that. And Joe is really faced with like three options. He, I I think in his heart, especially after, um, things, things finally like come to a head with Parker Posey or they, they split up. He's like, I love this person. Like this is, you know, this is who I want to be with. And there's only one problem is that she hates my guts. And so I, I, he only has a couple. If he goes to her and he says, I am NYC152, we've actually been talking this whole time. I don't think it works. I think she's just like, if he doesn't soften things up, I think she just cuts it. I think she's just like, oh, I can't believe you, you know, that like that. Or he could just cut it off and wonder what if forever. He takes option three, which is like, okay, maybe I can try to soften her to me a little bit and then 
you know, and then I can pull this bandaid off and maybe it works. It's like, I, I, I think if he comes clean off the bat, like he has the, he sees her in the restaurant. I don't think he could have done it then. But if he like, if he says like, Hey, let's meet up and they meet up and he's like, Hey, it's, it's me. It's your guy, Joe Fox. I know you don't like me. I'm more, I'm much more the guy who was emailing than the guy you've been interacting with. I, I just, I think she's, I, I don't think she, I think she's seeing red and I don't think it happens. I, I don't think. Well, and I think he still dislikes her at that moment too. I don't know if he does as much as, cause I not think as, he feels not regret- as much. Yeah. No. Cause he yeah, also, but- he feels regrettable when he meets her. Well, when they have their meetup and then he just shows up and is like, what if I was just the biggest dick on the planet when I sat down at this table? I think that's when he's like, I've, I've made a horrible mistake. And I need to I need to find a way to to redeem this. And I again I think like Jack, like you said, like it's it it only works if it's the nineties, but I, I just he took the route where he was like, I'm just I'm not gonna give up on this. I need to I need to try to make this right. I need to try to make this work, and I think this is the best way. And maybe ethically it wasn't quite the best way, but they seem great together. So like <laughs> the thing that kills me is like that it goes right from him. He essentially shoots his shot. This is what confused, like one keeping up with all this stuff must be like absolutely wild. Cause he essentially shoots a shot on like the doorstep basically. Right. Where he's like, what if, like, what if this was type thing knowing that he's going to go see her. And like, <laughs> so I, so yeah. I think he has does, to does do he that. that. Does he hope that that if she says yes to him in that moment, he never tells her that he was New York NYC at one five two. I was wondering that too. Cause I feel like he still like, has to tell her. I feel like their relationship, there's, there'd be a massive crack in their relationship in the foundation of their relationship. If he doesn't tell her, even if she says, okay, I'm in with you because then she would always wonder who NYC one five two was. Yeah. I think he knows she's going to go. I think he knows that she's going to meet up with the internet guy and he does that. He says, one of my favorite quotes of all time, because he wants to make sure that she's going to be receptive to it. Cause if he shows up at the park or if she doesn't, you know, receive him shooting his shot and he shows up at the park, he knows it's done. Like he knows he has no more chances. So he shoots a shot to make sure that she is okay with it. Like barf on him. Like, right. Like, ew, no, that would never work. (laughs) We're just friends. Like that whole thing. And then he'd be like, well, I'm just never showing up to the park. Do we think, so was the, Brinkley off leash thing an accident or was that the planned meet cute in the park? We talked about this before we started recording. <laughs> Jack and I, I was like that. This was the first time I think I've watched this movie as a dog owner. And I was like, oh, no, oh, the anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was an accident, but it's the perfect way. I mean, it's I mean, it's perfect. She hears them before she sees them and she hears them say Brinkley. So she knows for sure it's him. It's not it's just Joe him. showing like, up his voice. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, for three down, is there, is there anything else that doesn't work? The Fox, Fox men. I, 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 I have, down, a, I have, a, I have a, Grandpa Fox have shouldn't be having kids. <laughs> well, I mean, it just, it's the, the I, again, it's stuff that like at the time or it's fine. It's like funny, haha, like whatever that his aunt is this child who's, I don't know children's ages. She's what, eight, maybe seems like it somewhere in there. And we don't see her mom anywhere. No, the only women that we see in regards to the Fox family are the sweet little eight-year-old or this, the aunt, the fiance, 
of his dad, who is also the mother of the stepbrother, or like half brother that he takes out for that afternoon too, who's like four or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the nanny that she eventually runs away with. So that woman is from the get-go, nonstop hitting on Tom Hanks. Yes. Like mm-hmm. in front of people very uncomfortably, mm-hmm. like whatever. Again, this is a woman that's engaged to marry his father. His father's been married several times. I can't remember if they say, but uh, twice it is established later that he has uh, married or dated uh, one of Joe Fox's, Tom Hanks's nannies. So two of his nannies, um, again, feels predatory. (laughs) And then the grandfather, who is approximately 80, 80 plus, is the one that has the eight or nine year old daughter. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who are you having them with? <laughs> so yeah. just across the, the the fox the fox fellas seem to have some um, bad. Judgment. I don't want to say bad. T- yeah, bad judgment when it comes to love, and maybe some uh, questionable moral choices when it comes to who they are because uh, they're very rich. It's established. Um, so yeah, I didn't. There's just there's a few of those things that if there's like some slight tweaks. Not quite as dramatic the tweaks as we're talking about with Vision Quest by any means. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a few of these things that would be the like thumbs down for me, like just not like those could have been his like siblings' kids that he took. Those could have been his like niece and nephew that he took out. Why does it have to be this weird aunt and half brother of his like creepy dad and grandfather? I think if they were the if they were both the dad's kids, that would have been one thing. The aunt is like biologically and but i like i texted you this was in viagra's heyday so like old True. men were having a moment in in the 90s um in that regard but yeah i mean they're they're gross and like i caroline did you watch boardwalk empire no okay so his dad is in boardwalk empire and he is a bastard and i'm like okay this checks out like this guy yeah. like nat- natural progression but yeah that the thing but i will say that the the thing with the foxmen being less than ideal is it gives Joe that insight when he's with his dad on the boat of like, oh, this isn't. It's kind of like his uh, his Ebenezer Scrooge moment, like, oh, like this he doesn't want to become his father. This isn't this isn't yeah. who I want to be. I, I've <laughs> I've now compared this movie on this show to Ebenezer Scrooge, and I told you both that it reminded me of Beauty and the Beast, and that like this guy really having to to come into his own. And I think like him seeing his dad in the mirror, they're both on this boat because they had breakups, and it's like I don't want to become this person. So I, I think. And that regard, it was important and it was a good storytelling device. Probably yeah. could have made it a little less ick and still as effective, but it, it at least like served his purpose. It wasn't like he just randomly had these these, you know, this four year old sibling to take around. Plus <laughs> plus you needed the FOX kid. <laughs> that was cute. I anytime I hear someone say Fox, I'm F O X. Oh, and that scene where he's in the little street fair with them. Oh, it's I very love cute. It so much. It's very and that's why I was like, this could be like just give him a brother mm-hmm. that are like some sort of internal strife for the family business type thing. And that gives you all the, you know, um, and it could be that the brother wasn't around his family enough, and that's his like whatever. My thing was, um, I, I want say- <laughs> him, I want Joe and Kathleen to raise those kids. After like, oh, yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking about that during the, uh, during that scene where he's with the fair with them and then he takes them to Kathleen's store and she's real great with them. And I was like, maybe they should just take the kids. Maybe they should steal these children. 
Um, you heard it here first, scene. Kyle advocating to steal children. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline hates small business, and I'm saying to steal children. <laughs> well, I was just about to say, I think the scene with the nanny is where he's like, she was the nanny and he's like, oh, how ironic. And then they bury the lead. And then later on, you find out that Jillian ran off with the nanny. I think yes. that's I think I think it's hilarious. But <laughs> I'm out here advocating to prey on nannies. So <laughs> problematic all around. So. I will say one of my personal like didn't work for me because I know how I am when I'm sick. If someone like barged into my apartment, even though it was again, a key, like he brought it, like, this is what I'm talking about. He knows too much. And that is the where, like, if they haven't had a conversation about daisies being her favorite flower, that's where I'm like, sir, you have information that she does not have, which is you had an entire interaction with her about her cute little handkerchief. But anyway, it's very cute. He brings mm-hmm. her daisies and he like is because he knows that she's sick because she emailed about did she email about that? George. That- George oh. works at Fox Books now. He's that's yeah. right. And mm-hmm. so I was like, but if someone someone barged into my like pushed their way into my home while I was sick and I had like tissues everywhere i cannot be held accountable for what happens (laughs) i completely agree with that actually it is a cute scene but i yeah i'm like man and he's like he sits on her bed when she's trying to get all cozy that's the one thing so i i watched this um when was the last time we were on a plane? Oh, going to Disney world. I watched it on the plane to Disney world. And I was thinking that, I mean, I love Tom Hanks so much. He's perfect, but like she gets in bed and he sits down on her bed. And this isn't even like a germaphobe thing, which it should be, but it's not. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) Yeah. And like you, like, I don't know you like that. Like, I don't know you well enough to sit on my bed and she, she gets in bed while he's there. I don't know. That's, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe I'm, weird here for thinking that's weird but i'm like why are you sitting on her bed look the list of people that i would allow or like give the leeway to barge into my home when i'm sick is exactly the same list of people that i would not want to see me sick so it's really just like a moot like you know what i mean like yeah sure chris evans you can push your way into my apartment and like bring me daisies and like give me soup and like sit on my bed and talk to me but also i wouldn't i would be like mortified at how i was like sniffling and had tissues everywhere and like how i looked so like no you're not allowed inside so what what is the version of chris evans you want to show up out of curiosity oh you know my answer is it yours is yours is infinity war right mine is infinity war yeah are you scared in the long hair dude i was just gonna say the first the first thing i thought of was when that train gets out of (laughs) the way and he's standing yeah. Uh, or or um, like wood ripping. Chris Evans is welcome <laughs> anytime too. <laughs> like if he's gonna do that to build me a fire to like keep me warm, warm as as yeah. I'm sick, like that's I think that would be delightful, Chris, if you're listening and you happen to break up with that adorable girlfriend you have now. <laughs> Damn her. Uh, before we move into best scene, do you guys just want to talk about the shoes thing? Because this, yeah, this, this is where oh, you yeah. guys are different for me. Although I will say I would not get in the bed with shoes on either. I just want to make that clear. There were two instances in which I yelled about shoes. The first being Tom Hanks puts them all over that sofa in his dad's office. Like when he's asking what the fabric yeah. is and stuff. And he's like, he puts it and it's very much like I, speaking of Dave Chappelle. I thought of the Rick James. <laughs> Rick James. He's just the shoes all over the sofa. Um, but she, 
has been walking around New York City all day, whatever, however many hours, and she gets home and like gets into bed. I can't. It wasn't under the sheets, but it was under the blanket. Mm-hmm. Like and pulls a, with her shoes still on. Like on top of the covers, I can give you the clothes that have been outside. It's a loose. Like I don't love it. I don't love it, but I can give you that. Shoes, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Yeah. I bottom of shoes are like that is the grossest thing to me. Like at, like literally in the entire world is the bottom of a shoe. When I see someone like holding the bottom of their shoe, I like start sweating. Um, so I yes, I agree with you. And it's right after like the worst night of her life where she's at the cafe and she thinks that you know her dream man is going to show up and then joe fox shows up and she's all depressed so she goes home gets under the blanket with her shoes on then what she wakes up the next morning is like oh well i need to wash this because i slept with my shoes on (laughs) yeah i don't it's just not comfortable like she like it was like a full i was like oh she's like going to bed going to bed i thought she was gonna like do the face plant thing where you're just like, but, and then she pulled the covers up and I was like, absolutely not. This is a no, this is, you know, it was, I was like this all the way, like in college when you have friends over in your dorm, whatever. I'm like, don't sit on my sheets. Mm-hmm. Don't sit near my pillow. Don't touch my pillow. Don't, you know, you can sit at the end of the bed. That's a yeah. the end down there <laughs> where the like other blanket is. Those are outside clothes. They don't go in my bed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kyle doesn't care. Kyle is, let's throw the outside clothes on the pillow. I I have now kind of (laughs) bettered myself and I'm not often sitting with the outside clothes on the bed. And I, 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 mostly because we don't go outside anymore. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's fair. Uh, So with that, let's get into best scene. Um, I actually, I wrote down a lot. I, I would be curious, like, Jack, as someone who loves this movie, how many scenes for you like stand above the other? Because I, I was like, oh, this is really good. This is really good. This is really good. This is, re-. and then like the moments where, um, where they interact and it's like deep and meaningful, uh, maybe stand. But there's a lot of just like a lot of quality. Yeah, like it, it's tough to pick. Well, like I think the introduction where they mm-hmm. just it's a it's a great opener. You get their screen names. We get the format right into the plot. Um, you know th- that stuff. Like we don't have to see them meet and connect online. Like it's just it's just there. It's just this is something that's happening. You get the cranberries playing. Like that's it's a really good intro for a rom com. It just feels good. What will NY one five two say today? I wonder. I turn on my computer. I wait impatiently as it connects. I go online and my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. You got mail. Yeah, when they're walking to work. That's so when I think when I think of this movie and like the best when I think of the scenes in this movie that like give me the warm fuzzies, it's that intro with the cranberries playing and they're like, they keep missing each other. Like he's on one side of the sidewalk. He leaves Starbucks. She walks in. Um, and then I think of that. I think of when they're at the dinner party where she realizes that Joe is Joe Fox. And so that gives you, wait, that gives you the, I know you like that scene because of when Kathleen is holding the knife as she she talks to Joe Fox. It's so I think actually you, you bring up a good point. It doesn't give me the warm fuzzies, but when I think of this movie and like how good this movie is, I think of that scene. I love that scene. Um, Yeah. Oh, it's so, and even just, I mean, he turns up the like 
villain asshole to oh, 11 yeah. like with the caviar and it's just that like caviar is a garnish i say that like all the time do we eat caviar no but i say it all the time yeah um and he's carving the turkey and i like i hit kyle like four times like watch this and he's like i've seen it and i'm like no but it's so funny he's He's carving the turkey yeah no like really watch it yeah and frank walks up and she's holding the knife and she's pointing it at joe fox and frank walks up and he's like who are you and introduces himself and when he finds out it's finds out it's joe he just takes the knife from her and puts it down and he does it like so subtly but you know he's like wow she's literally pointing a knife at him oh my gosh i crack up it's so i also it makes me think that she's like brandished a knife at someone before that he's had to like take sharp things away from her because she gets like distracted by it like that's hilarious to think about too he's like ah here she goes again it leads to that email exchange after though like they both are who they are in in person especially him and he gets back to his laptop and he is just regretful. He hates how mm-hmm. he acted. And he is who he wants to be in in that email. Like it's the, you know, hello, it's Mr. Nasty. Like that that email, which <laughs> it out of context sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it, that's a whole different email that you're getting in 2023. It, it, it email, yeah. I mean <laughs> that's probably a DM that we've all gotten where it's like <laughs> just sugar daddies. And you're like, no, it's leave me alone, please. <laughs> Yeah. All their email exchanges are good. Like the um, yeah. the one I think about is the, the two email exchanges I think about. There's the the what is it with men and the Godfather one, like the go to the mattresses. <laughs> oh one. my God, preach! <laughs> that Sorry. is another one of my favorite quotes. What is it with men and the Godfather? It's so yes. good. I got yelled at by a friend in college because I hadn't seen the Godfather. I also this is the same friend that yelled at me because I hadn't seen Rocky or um, Goodfellas. And he was like, you are not an American. I was like, is that what? <laughs> he was so mad at me. He was oh so gosh. mad. I still have not seen Godfather. Me neither. I've seen the other two. But I love, I absolutely love when she was like, if I say like, go to the mattresses. And he's like, oh yeah, Godfather. Like, yeah. And she <laughs> like, like flails her arms. Oh, yeah. It's so that's what am I, I honestly like, what is it with men and the Godfather is an excellent line in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of good physical acting, like the gestures, the it's so good. So good. But yes, I agree. The email exchanges are like top tier. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to say to circle it back to what I think is like the ultimate warm fuzzy. I mean, of course, meeting in the park at the end. Like I would, I can't believe I haven't ever been to that park when I've been to New York. I've been to the shop around the corner, but I haven't been to the park. So would you lose your shit? Like, would you be pissed? I think I'd be shocked, which I think she is. But I think, like, I don't know. I mean, I think it clearly is it just she a was, shock like, and like Joe she's Fox. happy. I think she's yeah. I think it's this is why I'm like I need to see like two days from now, mm-hmm. just a quick glimpse, like just where they're at. <laughs> like, I because love I feel thinking like about she, that. She wanted. She clearly like his, you know, efforts worked and they like when he stopped being a dick and like would actually talk to her like a human and they interacted and got to know each other and learn more about each other and et cetera. Um, where she was like, I wish I could merge these two parts of my heart, essentially. Like she's like, I am mm-hmm. emotionally in love for sure with this person on the internet, but I am falling for this real life person in front of me and I don't want to have to choose. And so I think there was that there's definitely that moment where she's like, one in the same this is perfect and then i think she's yeah. gonna think about it for a day and be like wait a minute did you know <laughs> yeah 
I think there's, you know? <laughs> there's definitely that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I love to think about like the last moment in like, especially a rom-com movie where the couple gets together. It's like, what happens five minutes later? What happens the next day? Like I think about this for every movie. Like, I mean, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was just yeah. going to say, do her like, bags get back to the apartment? Yeah. She was like, yeah. wait a minute. I needed to go to that interview. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, they definitely have to have a conversation. Definitely have to have like, for lack of a better term, a come to Jesus about Mm -hmm. like when this all came out for him. Um, but I, I always kind of assumed, um, and I think we're getting off the rails here a little bit, so I'm sorry, but (laughs) I always kind of assumed at some point she has like a flicker in her mind of like, wait is Joe the guy on the internet is the guy on the internet, Joe, like when he's sitting on her, when she's sick and he's sitting on her bed and he's, he like puts his hand on her mouth and he's like, I'm just stopping you from saying something you might regret for years to come. She gives him this look almost as if like, wait a second, like not many people know that about me. And so I always kind of wondered if maybe she had like a hint in her mind or even thought like, nah, there's no way it couldn't be, you know, she thought that, um, and so when he shows up, it's like a, it's a relief, but it's also like a, wait, I was right. But again, like you said, the next day, it's like, okay, wait a second. Like we need to talk. Yeah. Like, hold on a so. second. I uh, also very much appreciate any conversation that is um, someone being like, every single time I have a run in with someone, I remember, I, you know, and it's not, a, not just women that do this and not, it's a very, probably a large group of the population that are like, two i mean wasn't there a whole seinfeld episode where he's like two hours later he's like comes up with the great comeback type thing no it's but me I'm also, an hour after every podcast like oh why did i say that i <laughs> didn't i say that um but there's definitely i i do consider myself pretty like i don't like confrontation i don't like awkwardness and so there are times where i wish i would have stood up for myself better like even this preseason for basketball I asked a question of one of the players because they had been to Italy I was like you know what was your favorite thing to eat like and this guy who I don't interact with a ton this older gentleman (laughs) was like leave it to a woman to ask a question about food and I was like do you want me to kill him and that was exactly that was exactly (laughs) my face but I was also I had just asked this person this like student athlete a question and he was like you know and Uh, And then the guy walks away. Like that was like, as he was walking away to go talk to somebody else. And so I'm standing there like in like, and I'm still mad to this moment that I wasn't Mm -hmm. like the fuck did you say? (laughs) Like, you know, it's, and instead I'm standing there like open mouth looking at this poor 19 year old who's wondering why my face has gone completely blank and like shocked. And I was like, I can't believe you just said that to me anyway, like that kind of thing. So that Mm -hmm. whole interaction where it's like, wishing that you had the courage or the like sometimes it's the quickness of like the right thing at the right moment that's like the right jab rather than just going with like the lowest common like lowest hanging fruit type thing um but that spoke to me <laughs> on a deep level i need that person's name because i just want to talk like <laughs> just want to talk the audacity of men at the same time like sorry at that i'm angry oh, i was i was fear and i just like fumed and then I storm around for a little bit, like angry. I would do the like, same thing too, though. It's like in that moment, on one hand, you're so shocked that someone yeah. has just like said something so rude. Yeah. But yeah, it's always 
that's when you're like, you know, a couple hours later in the shower, like fighting with someone in your head. I get in a lot of fights in the shower. <laughs> I was like, why is Jacqueline yelling in the shower again? <laughs> Listen here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, like one, that guy, that guy sucks and he needs to drink toilet water. But to tie it back to the movie, <laughs> the... We almost just got a Caroline spit take. <laughs> this, this isn't a fuzzy scene, but am I crazy that I think the best scene might actually be when they have the meetup that isn't actually the meetup when like Joe shows up, like starting with Chappelle outside and he's at, because it is Kathleen Kelly and into that, into when Joe comes like, cause like think about what's going on for both of them. Like she's there and the person she least wants to show up shows up. utter devastation. And he, the way she tries to move pride and prejudice, like away from him. Yes. Like when, when she <laughs> says the, please leave, I beg you, it breaks my heart. And in the whole time you're like, Joe, what are you doing? But like, I think he also has a panic reaction. I, and yeah. I don't know. I don't have that kind of reaction in my body, but it, it's like, she said, and then, but it, then it goes back to they email right. She emails him right after, and she's like, "I don't feel any better," and that leads to his apology email and stuff like that. But it is, I think that is is Joe's low point when he. I think he gets back to his apartment and he is like, "I have, I ha, I have not been a good. I was not a good person in that in that no, scenario because it's just it is the biggest lose 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 for her because she not only has to have this interaction with this guy that you know shutting down her business that she does not like or thinks she doesn't like or whatever um it's in a moment where you are so vulnerable so vulnerable like you are meeting this person that you don't know what they look like to the point where you have a book and a rose on the table like you know i mean like it's not even you know like you have absolutely no idea what they look like and that you've poured your heart into via the internet and are still actively dating someone else <laughs> right this is yeah. pre-breakups yeah it's pre-breakup so like there's a lot of emotions a lot of things going on there and he while disappointed i don't know what you want to say disappointed or whatever like he also i think definitely has genuine feelings for the person that he for shop girl for this mm -hmm. person that he's been emailing um he doesn't want it to be the person whose bookshop he's putting out of business and this person that he's had all this contention with like over the past couple of weeks but he has the upper hand of knowing that extra bit of information so like i still think that her evening to go from the like date pre-date excitement to think that you're finally meeting this person that you connected with and like the you don't know what he looks like like what how tall is he what color hair does he have like all this stuff to seeing the person that you hate the most at that moment is such a brutal swing and then he never shows up because you don't know that the person that you hate so much at this moment is actually also that person that's just not telling you oh so many yeah. things happening at once in the scene mm-hmm it's it's like it's a tough watch, but it's such they're such good actors that it's so compelling. Yeah, it's yeah. that's one of the things that makes me sad that like Meg Ryan hasn't really done a whole lot in the last 20 years, like not a lot mm -hmm. that you'd write home about. And that's like she is that I think that scene is where she it, it might not be the best scene in the movie. I think that might be where she's at her her strongest. Like she's really, really good in that one. Yeah, she has a lot of good lines like um, when she says uh, that he just says his first name. 
I'm Kimberly. I'm Janice. Don't they know you're supposed to have a last name? It's like a whole generation of cocktail waitresses. Uh, I also love that all of the names that she shows are very 90s. Like it's one oh, of those yeah. like everyone being like Kathleen and Kimberly mm-hmm. and Janice. It's just very like, you know, as the names ebb and flow mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Jack, what is the best best scene in this movie? Oh, it's the ending. When they meet up and somewhere over the rainbow plays and I cry and they kiss and he, well, he says, don't cry shop girl. She says, I wanted it to be you. And then they kiss and then Brinkley jumps up because that is so relatable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And yeah, and it's just so beautiful and it's spring. And that's one thing, the movie, the timeline that it's like paced in starts in the fall in New York ends in the spring in New York. You've got these two beautiful seasons, but yeah, that's the best scene for me. She visits the florist and the florist, when she first visits the florist, the florist has a sign that says like, it's a girl. And then the next time she visits the florist, the florist has a baby. Saw that in the trivia. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. That's cute. That is cute. cute. Kyle. Yeah. Look at me. Uh, Caroline, what's the best scene in this movie? (laughs) Um, from a rom-com perspective, I actually, I do agree with that. Like in the sense of like, that is, it's a very, then the, it doesn't really count as a meat cute just because it's like the end part. But I, I think that their actual meat cute is also an excellent scene. Like the entire, he takes them, the kids to the festival and they have mm-hmm. the interaction at the bookshop is also very, very cute. I think that is up there. And the, where she realizes the one we just talked about with the knife <laughs> sounds like a different movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like the one where, like where they're all at the um, party and he, she mm-hmm. finds out who he is. I think that's also an excellent scene. Yeah, y'all are both correct. But also when he is watching the, when him and Dave Chappelle are watching the television commercial from the treadmill. Oh yeah. Hey, is this look good looking guy? I'm Joe Fox. I sell cheap books. Sue me. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Love. That's the most athletic moment when he's running on the treadmill and still having a conversation. And falls off the back of it. Yeah. There's a line he says, I wrote it down because it just makes me laugh every time when he's like, I compared our, I, oh gosh, I can't remember it exactly. But he's talking about how he compares Fox books to like a Mecca providing books to the masses. And he goes, I was eloquent. Shit. Yeah. So I love that too. I wrote that down. I was eloquent. Shit. Best quote. Yeah. Um, I want to throw out welcome. You've got mail. Oh yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um, I, um, I want to, I want to a hat tip, uh, friend of the pod, Haley O'Shaughnessy, who's on for, uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. She, she said that her, she emailed her favorite quote is when Meg Ryan and Frank are having their extremely amicable breakup and Frank asked her, is there anybody else? And she says, there isn't someone else, but there's the dream of someone else. And that, that was wow. her favorite. That's a good one. Jack, what is your favorite quote in this movie? Okay. Or I mean, you can, uh, you can just start ripping them off. I know you have more. Than I mean, one. I have I have a list. I'm not going to go through the list because I've mainly quoted all of these. Um, <laughs> I think one. This is not. This is not my favorite quote, but I wrote it down because it makes me laugh every time. I tried to have cyber sex once, but I kept getting a busy signal. <laughs> yes, excellent. And I will. It's I'm so going to just funny. jump in because one of my favorites is when Miss Rhode Island goes, "Don't do it." The minute you do, they lose all respect for you. <laughs> talking about cyber sex. Yes. Every every line from Miss Rhode Island, she delivers it so She's like excellent. the way her voice like goes down. It's so funny. Yes. Um. But my favorite quote is, "How about coffee, drinks, dinner, a movie." For as long as we both shall live. 
If I hadn't been Fox Books, and you hadn't been the shop around the corner, and you and I had just met. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I would have asked for your number. And I wouldn't have been able to wait 24 hours before calling you up and saying, hey, how about... Oh, how about some coffee or, you know, drinks or dinner or a movie? For as long as we both shall live. Like, oh, it makes me want to cry just saying it. It's so good. That's, That's really my favorite good. quote. I do like that. The other, we've talked about so many of them. The other one that we, uh, um, and that I do love is Steve Zahn's. Like, the internet is just another way of being rejected by women. <laughs> we, we, I think we mentioned the line, remember when you thought Frank could be the Unabomber? Because that one is. <laughs> oh, we didn't. Kyle, you oh, and I talked about yeah. that. He I'm sorry, be that the was rooftop one, killer. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. I will say that was one of my favorite scenes where she's just then like, oh, this was right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> like, them wondering, oh man, this yeah. give me this just gives me ammunition for the segment here in a couple minutes. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. <laughs> How deep was was the what remember when you thought Frank could be the Unabomber? Like, how serious was that? So that seems like a conversation that they probably like, did Kathleen like Take them in confidence. Be like, listen, like the manifestos, some of the some some <laughs> the of the ideas, the same, some of the ideologies. Like, I think Frank, like I could see that, like he's mis- he's gone a lot of the time. Like, I could see Frank typing up a manifesto and mailing it out. What was the Unabomber's out? Like, what was the clothing that he wore all the time? Oh, he wore like the hoodie. Uh, so the, yeah, the Unabomber looked like, like Weird Al Yankovic. Actually, she <laughs> found like a hoodie in Frank's closet. Yeah, I, I I don't. So I think like, I don't know. That's that's a funny question. I feel like it's just like, I think that's early on. She's like, oh, yeah, I met this guy. I started talking to him and it's like, oh, but what if, you know, it's like joking around with your friends. Like before you give the guy a name, you're calling him by like a nickname because you don't want to make it a thing. They're like, oh, yeah, Unabomber guy. She's <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, we have to because he, type- he types a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I do have a quote in here that it just it says, quote, we are an American family. And then I said, uh, sir, the men in your family need to stop. <laughs> I have a, a quote from actually from from Nelson Fox from his dad is when they're they're having the conversation on the on the boat. And and uh, Joe says the thing about, like, snap your fingers and find the person who fills your heart with joy. And his dad says, don't be ridiculous. Have I ever been with somebody who fits that description? Have you? And that's where Joe's like. Oh, I need to. I there's one person in this world that I feel that way about, and I need to try to make it happen. So I'm gonna yeah. go about that in an um, interesting way. Needle drop, sign, seal, delivered, starts playing. Oh, it's like such song. a good like intro into it. Um, when did someone play a clarinet? I have that in my. <laughs> oh, the cl- the clarinet when they're singing the song. Yeah. The clarinet. Oh, the clarinet. yes, that. Okay, because <laughs> I all I have. All I have in my notes is what the actual hell is this clarinet song? <laughs> I, I was confused about <laughs> the that. The horn, the, the horn. So here's is the thing so that forlorn. is such a movie trope. Have you ever gathered around a piano at a gathering with your friends and sung? Um, I've not gathered around a piano, but yes, my sister and I have sung all too well 10 minute version by Taylor Swift <laughs> at Christmas before. But 
like as a as like a show for the rest of the family. Yeah, <laughs> like that. last year. <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> I love that. I just always, you know, it's always people that are like, oh, we're all gonna get you know one person's gonna play and we're all gonna stand there and like sing sing a song together and this is where i was like clarinet song what is happening the horn <laughs> what it, what is she singing the horn what what, it, what is she singing his aunt what it, what is she singing when oh tomorrow from annie yeah there's there's another scene like that in another movie and this is just such bad podcasting where someone is singing memory from cats and it's so bad and i can't remember what it is memory <laughs> Mm. Might be might be School of Rock actually when one of the girls is trying out with memory. Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> nailed it. Crush that. You're cr- welcome. Crush everybody. that. Great segment. Totally won't cut that out. Uh, <laughs> Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. I think we just have two people in it too much. Yeah, which leaves a lot I mean, of options. There's so many. I'm They're torn between. So I'm tor- I think I'm torn between Miss Rhode Island and Dave Chappelle. But then there's Steve Zahn. There's Birdie. Gene Stapleton is Birdie. She's great. She is. Really Greg good. Kinnear is Frank. He's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I was watching when I was watching You've Got Mail on the plane, I wrote in my notes, Greg Kinnear is my Lenny Harris. I just everything he, he does, really I just can't help but laugh. He is so like self-involved. He thinks he is the smartest person in every room that he walks in. And he's like, he's okay with it. He's okay with thinking that about himself when they're in the movie theater. And she's like, I didn't vote. And he goes, it's okay. I forgive you. And it's just everything he does is so funny to me. I just, he steps on the screen and I laugh. So, I mean, there's a lot of great options there and a lot of people I love. I love Steve Zahn. I love Miss Rhode Island, but it's gotta be. And at Parker Posey, she's great. Um, but it's gotta be Frank for me, Greg Kinnear. Frank wrote so many newsletters in support of Bernie Sanders in, in the 2016 election. Yeah. Just absolutely just crushed, was was just like the prime Bernie bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I just, you, I loved it. You Chappelle. had a good one. Oh, Kyle, you had a- Brinkley. Brinkley is a good, a, a good option. Brinkley is yeah. excellent in this movie. Yeah. Top, I love when- Joe is pacing around the apartment trying to decide if he's going to email Kathleen back right after their horrible meet- uncute unmeet cute whatever and brinkley's following him around it's really cute i've seen this movie a lot in case you in (laughs) case you didn't know maverick just bumped something and like switched all of my audio to something else for a second and and now it's back so without the timing on that was perfect good job buddy (laughs) heard us talking about another dog yeah Mm -hmm. i i don't know i i love zon and Chappelle in this one this is a difficult one i like everyone in this movie a solid it's a solid cast i could i could 100 get on board with kinnear he's so good he's really funny um okay the peter gallagher award for the hottest person in this movie this is this was tough for me because I, I don't think this is gonna this is the this is semantics i don't know if i think meg ryan is hot you know like if you're saying like the hottest oh, yeah. like she is so cute so i think it's meg ryan but this is another like peak late nineties where it's not, this is not a movie. This isn't a movie full of ugly people at all. This isn't a movie. You know, like it's just a movie full of like really solidly good looking people <laughs> that like, you know, I'm not going, Ooh, Peter Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> when they pop on screen, but I think it's Meg Ryan. 
Yeah. Everyone in this movie is conventionally attractive. Yes. Absolutely. But you're right. I mean, there's no one that's like, I, I mean, the look, the cute but not hot thing. I get it. I get it so much. So she definitely is. I mean, she's absolutely beautiful. Um, And I mean, if you take into account her eyebrows, her hair, it was the 90s. She I mean, she's definitely I think she wins my Peter yeah. Gallagher award as well. And it's the um, like same thing, you know, like she's cute. And then the personality is just absolutely killer. And just the it's she's excellent. And, and so I think you can get the same thing when when Tom Hanks is not being Dick Joe Fox, you get the same like that's where personality makes someone so much more attractive or can make them so much less attractive like mm-hmm. you could be the hottest person alive and if you have like a shitty attitude like it, it's not gonna work type thing so that's where it's, it's this cool was this was tough, this he's, was tough. he's headlined multiple rom-coms and he's not like a you know he's not a hunk he's not a, like a sex symbol and, he, and he's not like, i think tom hanks is really funny but he's not like billy crystal funny it's a different it's a different thing yeah. he's just like just like generally, generally good. Like, I don't think there's a movie where it's like Tom Hanks is really bringing it home for the ladies. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he's obviously younger and sleepless in Seattle. And I think that's, uh, oh gosh, I'm not trying to say like, if you're younger, you're better looking at all. But like, I think that is the closest you get to like, like really good looking. But I mean, again, he's, he's conventionally attractive. It's just, um, it just goes to show though, like I love Tom Hanks. He's like probably one of my favorite, like, I don't know, maybe one of my favorite people. Have I met the man? No, but I love <laughs> Tom matter. Hanks <laughs> and, it, and it's not because he's beautiful or, you know, Chris Evans in Infinity War. It's just because he seems so nice and like, I mean, the video of, uh, Kyle, I'm surprised you haven't brought oh, this the, up when he video. walks up to the couple doing their wedding pictures. It's my favorite. I love it. <laughs> Caroline, have you seen that video? I think so. There's a couple out, we'll send out it to somewhere. You. Like they're getting their wedding pictures done. And Tom Hanks, they're they're like outdoors, like the wedding party's there and stuff, and they're doing the pictures. And Tom Hanks is out jogging. And Tom Hanks, like not being arrogant, but he knows that this couple would be so happy if Tom Hanks popped in their pictures. And he walks up and he goes, Hi, I'm Tom Hanks. And then like right away. So they're all like getting pictures with him and he's just, and he's being so nice to them. And like, I think the woman has I the same that. name as his daughter and he's like just being great. And he's like, okay, well, congratulations. Like it's just the most charming thing ever. And like, and it wasn't out of like a, you know, it wasn't like shed Hanks busted through. It was like, put me in your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, he knew. Cause like, we like we got some some of our wedding pictures done outside our venue and if tom hanks had strolled up we would have one been like what are you doing in this neighborhood and two been like we, i would have saw oh yeah it would have been like would have been i, the I best. would have cried harder than i did at the wedding yeah like. it, it would have been the best same with kyle exactly yeah so that, that's what tom hanks is going i just before we get over peter i just want to shout out like young christmas scene man i love his vibe i would trade vi- him Dude, him and i yes. care a lot and that's in that that suit i sent I you the picture i don't think you have 
I don't think you've addressed what scene young Chris Messina is in. So uh, Meg Ryan, when she goes into the Fox books and she tours it, and there's the woman who is asking about the series of shoes books, and he's the employee, and he has no idea what she's talking about, and Meg Ryan kind of educates him on. But that is young Chris Messina. And I was watching it today, and I was holy shit, that's Chris Messina. And I texted <laughs> Caroline that it was Chris Messina, and she thought I was talking about a different movie. <laughs> Just like randomly was watching something else, because I did not recognize, I did not realize it was him. Mm-mm. And uh, so it was a hilarious moment where I was like, I wonder what he's watching. I'll have to ask him later. <laughs> what what <laughs> it do you, turns out it was what do you think of when you think of Christmasina, Caroline? What is Christmas? Mindy Project. Oh, okay. I think of, he didn't watch that. Yeah, I, I think of uh, he's in Sharp he's Objects. Excellent. He's in the one scene in I, I Care a Lot with a sick suit. I don't you know what else think I've in? seen him in anything else. Isn't he in The Undoing? That's one with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Wasn't he the cop? Maybe, no, 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 because the, the cop was uh, the cop in the undoing was different. He was the uh, maybe oh. I don't know. But yeah, well, whoever that guy is, I get him confused with Christmas. The cop in the undoing was the guy who played uh, Gianni Versace in the assassination of Gianni Versace. Oh, normal. Oh. Yeah. Okay, We're well, just on normal tangent here. So I will I would say with the with the rom com good looks thing, it's something that I think the genre does super well in the sense that like for the most part or overarching and i've again not to go back to hallmark movies but i swear that half the time i'm watching a hallmark movie i spend the entire movie going is this guy hot do i think <laughs> mm-hmm. this guy is hot mm-hmm. I don't, you know and it's not in a way to like i'm not not they're clearly again conventionally good looking like it's just one of those like you're like and it's the um the Billy Crystal, the Bill Murray, the Tom Hanks, the Adam Sandler. It's, you know, even to an extent, John Cusack is not necessarily my cup. You know, and it, it's just, it's uh, even, you know, if you go Knocked Up as a rom-com or Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where these are not like, it, again, conventionally attractive. I'm not trying to like knock on any, but it's it's the girl next door generally that is very cute very pretty and then it's a guy that's super relatable and i think that's something mm-hmm. about rom-coms that they want to make this a relatable and attainable seeming movie if that yeah. makes sense like without it being like i don't want to come off as like too harsh <laughs> like, but women watching it like if i'm watching infinity war like chris evans is out of my league <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's the every man. Like yes, definitely. There yeah. has to be a relatable sense to this person that it's someone that you're going to pass that you pass on the street every day mm-hmm. that is relatable and, and charming and has that thing that like draws you in, whether it's the humor or the gentlemanly whatever. Um and I think that that's what this movie perfectly encapsulates is that time for like that rom-com time. They don't, you know, like you can go into how to lose a guy in 10 days and McConaughey is a certified babe. Like that's, you know, and I think that even um, Kate Hudson is on the like certified babe side of the spectrum as well, where it's like, these are two incredibly always good looking people that look fabulous at all, every second of this movie. Yeah. Um, but even when it's like, Hugh Grant being like mopey and Notting Hill. Like it's he's a good looking dude, but they play him, he plays it in a way where it's the like, 
I'm just every guy. I'm just, I'm just, mm-hmm. just me. I'm a, little, <laughs> a little British guy. I'm sh- like living in my my flat with my weird roommate. Like, anyway. well, th- think <laughs> about <laughs> think about the Avengers cast. Who's been in the most rom coms? It's not Hemsworth or Evans. It's Mark Ruffalo, who is like the more thirteen going on thirty. The, oh. the more uh, every man of them, and he's in that one with uh, yeah. with Reese Witherspoon, and then he's in I think one more, like he, just like heaven. Yeah. If you if um, they actually. Did, was it? Am I mixing up things now? Where, I know Batista said he wanted to be in a rom com. <laughs> shout out, someone... shout out, Ryan Nanny for saying Batista should play Jean Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> someone mentioned so maybe it's just like in a conversation we have. But someone, it, this is it's Jonathan Major season oh. in your girl's household. If they put him in a rom com, I would watch that thing every day for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. 100%. He's like, absolutely he's a king. I he mean, he's got the charm for it. They don't make rom coms like this anymore. No, which I think y'all have talked about at least on two episodes. Yeah. I haven't finished while you were sleeping, but like there are so many actors now that I'm like, man, I need to see this person in a rom com. Yes. Oh my gosh. Agreed. Well, I mean, they need to make the like redux of set it up with Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yes. I would watch um, anything the two of them are in together. Yeah, 100%. Someone, did you see the thing about they, someone on the internet was like, they need to be in a Gilmore Girls yeah. prequel about Emily and Richard? And I was like, done. I'm in. That, done. Lives, that lives in my head. I think about it once a day. <laughs> yeah, it's just a like, red I need to know. I need just, to see it. Please, please, Zoe Deutsch is young Emily Gilmore. Yes. Like, for the please, please. There's got to be money out there for someone, like for some studio to pick this up. Why are we not yeah. doing this yet? <laughs> Amy Sherman Palladino just wrapped up the last season of Miss Maisel too. So like she's free. She's not yeah. doing anything. Like what are we? Let's make it happen. Oh, man. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> uh best time, worst time. Where are we? I mean, hello. I think even with the the love story at the end, Meg Ryan has the worst time. She has a terrible time. Her mom's business yes. closes. Yes. She gets a really bad flu and then has some guy sit on her bed while she has the flu. <laughs> And then she finds out she fell in love with her nemesis. I mean, it works yeah. out, but like, man, that's a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. I don't know who has a, like a good time. Steve's on. He gets a new job. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know who that, has a bad time? A point. The rooftop killer. Bad time. Probably spending a <laughs> bad time. <laughs> bad time for the rooftop. Probably killer. getting a life sentence. For the rooftop killer. The oh. the, na- the nanny maybe has a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, nanny Maureen and Jillian. Yeah. Uh, Frank has a good time. He meets Sydney, the uh, the newscaster. That's true. Frank does have a good time. He has an amical mm-hmm. breakup, mm-hmm. and he meets someone that appreciates his work. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that for Frank. Yeah, I, those those are good. Uh, the Keith, the Keith Morrison Award for, for the Dateline episode from this movie. We've got a few avenues I think that we can go because there is the the uh, the rooftop killer, be- rooftop killer. Yeah, is, get, is the a- rooftop killer gets an episode. But if I'm doing one that's specifically on like things that happen. Be like, she thought she was talking to a nice man that she met on the internet. <laughs> Turns out things were a mess. <laughs> Tonight on Dateline, do you really know who's behind the screen? Whoa. <laughs> I would bet there was a story like that on, like, when is in the early inception of the internet. I mean, we still have Catfish. catfishing going on. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. The rooftop Where killer. Was he luring <laughs> well, so people if... to the rooftop? <laughs> Were these murders happening? So, 
you couldn't like match these words like she thought she was meeting the love of her life instead she found herself in a dire circumstance <laughs> on a rooftop tonight's episode the rooftop killer did this like, man <laughs> love typewriters or did he love stuffing I... bombs in mailboxes <laughs> her past was checkered with questionable dating choices would this be the first time she potentially dated a killer <laughs> tonight on date life when we come back i'm keith morrison that's <laughs> <laughs> like the most fun thing to do oh my <laughs> i could talk only like that i would do it. you should <laughs> just for the rest of my life <laughs> um <laughs> i think i uh i think the rooftop killer kills people from rooftops from that's rooftops. what i would assume gets them up to the yeah. rooftop that's it that's that's like an extra little challenge for the rooftop killer He's got to figure out how to get him. He on takes the, the he takes the winter off. It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> they thought he went underground, but instead he was in the air. <laughs> Rooftop killer. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, I haven't watched. I haven't listened to it. There's probably a bunch of new episodes because they put like 17 up a day. I think. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay, roster move. So this is interesting. For which character would be here, but this is the first movie we've done where there's an actual golden retriever in the movie. An actual dog. So just make a just make a Joe so that Brinkley has a friend. <laughs> Brinkley is. Although I will say a dog typing, hilarious content. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 Brinkley would be Airbud's dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a Mickey Mouse Pluto situation. <laughs> Make this make sense. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> what if what if instead what if instead of Frank, Kathleen just has a dog? Is is the movie um, better if Frank is if Frank is just her dog, like her confidant, and they have dog and it, then it's like a hundred and one Dalmatian situation where the owners oh, get together. Oh my gosh, don't do this to me. That's I love 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Excellent movie. Um, I think you can choose any of the Lenny Harris potentials for this. Like yeah. any, like Steve Zahn as Airbud, great content. Um, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is <laughs> like, imagine Airbud like looking into the restaurant before standing like, up on the window, barking at his Kathleen Kelly. So what if not? Not to pull Christmasina again. What if it's Christmasina and the woman's asking Airbud if they have oh this book, God. and Airbud's just like, I don't know this. Airbud just barking. I don't. I don't know this book. <laughs> and you're like, do you not know this book because you are Airbud, or do you not know this book because you are unqualified to work in this bookstore? <laughs> also that woman needs to come with more information so i i in christmasina's defense like ask and i get that the point is to illustrate that she has the knowledge of the inner workings of all the like children's literature and i agree that is excellent the woman shows up and is like i need a book about shoes <laughs> i need the shoe books and he's like excuse me ma'am i don't know what you're talking about like i think that he is well within his like reasonable employee bounds to not just know this woman coming and being like i need the show book like I, I feel like he's he's in his he's in the right place for that a uh, lot lot of winners for you know what we didn't what scene we didn't talk about when they're in zay bars and um 
Sarah Ramirez is the cashier. That would be a funny yes. Airbud scene too. He's the mean yeah. cashier. Or what Airbud is card. the New Yorker behind her who's like barking out. She doesn't have any <laughs> cash. She doesn't have any cash. Isn't his name Henry? Because he's like, Joe's like, I'm Joe. This is Kathleen. He goes, and I'm Henry. Get in another line. Get in another line. Look, as someone, I have like, I was in Harris Teeter the other day. Love Harris Teeter. Shout out Harris Teeter. Sponsor the pod, Harris Teeter. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) We're wide open. And I had to get like a handful of things. I had like the smaller two-tiered basket or cart, you know, and like maybe three bags worth of things. There was a man with a full-ass cart at the self-checkout. And I was just like, is this what we've come to as a society? Like, dude's just self-checking out for the hundred pieces of you know different canned goods and looking up vegetables and there's a woman standing there with like one to-go salad container like just waiting <laughs> like what are we so i i kind of was like i get i get henry's point like mm-hmm. i you know she was trying to avoid him which again relatable but gotta pay attention to the signs folks gotta pay attention to the <laughs> but I if they have the card that. machine that works like just let her use the card like what are we yeah, I thought he was. Gonna, I oh, I forgot because I thought he was going to pay for her groceries. Yeah, I he was, like I forgot that he just like was that zip, sweet zip. talking. Yeah, it's very. It is weird that it's like they just decided not to use the credit card machine on that line. Maybe that was the thing back more like more back in the nineties, yeah. back in the olden days, back in the olden days. Um, also, like cash starts is with slower a nine. too. Like yeah. cash should be slower. Like that would be the slow line. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, the big chill, which rom com movies can have a big chill. I Jack, I can already see you. You you have a big chill. Um, yeah, when it's the greatest need, needle drop in cinema history. Um, talking about Palm Springs. When... <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was good. Um, when somewhere over the rainbow starts playing and you hear him yell Brinkley, and I've already recited that scene, so I'm not going to do it again. Do but it again. <laughs> it gives me chills every time, and it makes me. Well, I didn't start crying at movies until like recently, um, but it makes me cry. So that's my big chill because it's just yeah, so it's... good. I don't think yeah. there's another scene that that gets yeah. there. Like I think that's it. I don't. I just. I don't think there's another contender. No, that's it. Because there's no other, like, we know from the get-go that they're talking to each other. So there's no reveal of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely not a big chill moment when he finds out. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's like a big pit in the stomach moment. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a, that's a big opposite. barf moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big cringe. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Before more Store, prequel, sequel, or remake? You've sold me on the sequel. Yeah. So Tom Hanks is 66, 67. Meg Ryan is like 59. No, I don't know. Do math, but she's around 60. So this would be a, an older, an older uh, mm-hmm. Joe and Joe and Kathleen. I would still love to watch them do something together. Like both of them. Oh, Yeah. Nora uh, Ephron has obviously passed them. away. So that's R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Her sister Delia, I think, is still alive. Her sister, who she co-wrote this with. But um to see them back on the screen together, like, oh my gosh, that would just that would be a big chill to see them on the screen together. Um Meg Ryan has not made a movie that is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes since you've got mail. 
Whoa. Well, Top Gun was before that. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't. The she's only... only made two movies. She's only made three movies since 2015. The only movies I can think of, like post You've Got Mail, she did Kate and Leopold. And she did um, the women, which I I really like that movie. It's not a it's not a great movie, but I really like the movie The Women. She did In the Cut, which is a boxing movie, or no, no, Against the Ropes, which is a boxing movie. And then uh, she did In the Land of Women, which has Kristen Stewart and um, who is uh, oh Adam Brody, Adam Brody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both of you just went mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's she like really it's not made like no it's much. it's it, it, this is bleak i know it's kind of wild like how does she end up in something called my mom's new boyfriend i don't know i mean she made jack quaid so that's good he's good we like him yeah i wonder if she like retired you know how like yeah they retire it must be i, mean, I don't know she does I love she her married now. some podcast series Allegedly. Oh. Maybe someone's making money off this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, shout out to Patreon. Shout out to the Patreon, yes. So on TV, she's just, there's this, in 2021, the, the sh- name of the show is just Nick Cannon. I assume it's Nick Cannon had like a an interview series, but Nick Cannon has a 124 episode interview. What? <laughs> I mean, okay, whatever. Let's move on yeah. from that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we don't need to talk about Nick Cannon. Anyways, yeah, I, I think a see. I think I would like to see them together. Would you guys like to see a remake of this? Okay, I... so sorry, you go first. No, Karen. no. I, um, I think you could convince me to do a, a modernized tech version of this. Um, which, but again, with the changes that I was proposed where it was less um it is again it's hard with the ability to you'd have to work around like the ability to search someone um or Mm -hmm. find pictures of them or share pictures of each other you know what i mean like what kind of conversations are truly just faceless that you don't immediately think you're being catfished by someone so i think like you'd have to really like address that side of things and find a way where they maybe the business side of things is conducted solely via email or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that is, but I think that that could be something like a fun Netflix movie with like a suit. There are plenty of, you know who I want to see in everything now, everything Monica Barbaro, put Monica Barbaro in this movie. Did you watch at midnight on Paramount Mm -hmm. plus? Have not yet. So apparently all of the, um, Top Gun Maverick actors have just been like, we're doing rom-coms for streaming people. Um, Danny Ramirez was in one for Netflix. And then I just watched the um, somebody that I used to know yeah. on Amazon. That had a... Was Jay that... Ellis. In yeah. It. Mm-hmm. And then um, this Allison Brie, who's super funny. It wasn't oh, my favorite. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite. Oh. But he... This is only to say that like... Mon- I thought the, I thought At Midnight was super cute on and she is electric in everything like I just think she is so charismatic and so beautiful 
that I would Jeez. watch. Like I, I need her in more content immediately, like more rom-coms, like whatever it is. I don't care. Has no one put Greg I, Tarzan I, Davis in a rom-com? Cause I thought like, aside from Glenn Powell, that was like the most handsome dude in Top Gun. Well, Jay Ellis is a handsome <laughs> fella too. That was just a real good looking bunch. <laughs> like, bunch of hunks. I mean, Danny Ramirez recruited. is handsome too. Dan- Danny Ramirez is too busy out here being in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like he's my MCU guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved Torres before Danny Ramirez was even in. So I felt very consistent with that one. I was like, Torres is my favorite character, I think from, <laughs> um, but I would, I mean, oh shoot. Now I'm thinking like a Monica Barbaro, Sebastian Stan remake. I would, I'm in. Well, I don't have time to talk about Sebastian Stan. <laughs> like, because he has the char- he has the charismatic right. side, but I can also see him doing the Bucky asshole side. He could do. Yeah. He could do the the Joe Fox thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Who was oh, no. calling? Who like who? Who do we need to talk to? Right. Call call us or something. I don't know. We'll make it work. <laughs> I feel yeah, this I- way about like all of my favorite old rom-coms is like they're perfect don't touch them but also there are so many people that I love like so many actors that I love right now that I'm like but I wouldn't I wouldn't hate to see them doing a story that I like and I'll just think of it as a completely separate entity um but yeah man Sebastian Stan could be a really good Joe Fox we talked about this with how to lose a guy in 10 days, but you could just, you could swap the gender roles of all of these and remake them. And I think I would, I would watch. Ooh, I would love to see a movie about a woman putting a man out of business. <laughs> That'd be great. In. <laughs> <laughs> Done. And then it just, yeah, and then it just, just ends. They don't get together. She just puts him out of business. Yeah, she just puts him out of business. <laughs> I would love to watch it. Yes. She's like, go back to school, learn a new craft. <laughs> you should learn a trade. Yeah, learn to code. Isn't that the thing that they say? There's so many. Now I just want to sit. We need to just do a call that's not recorded and just have all of us like brainstorm, um, like rom com plot lines and casts, and then just like, yeah, get Alex on there, and we can like just write some of these rom coms, start shipping them out places. I mean, the fact that we don't have a a Chalamet rom com yet is just killing me. I'd watch that. I'm trying to think I mean like what rom-com do I love that he would be good that he would like fit a character in but the 90s rom-coms didn't really have like the malnourished looking person in them I love Timothy Chalamet I love him I was thinking of Tom Holland too but they do not fit like Harry had the five o'clock shadow or the beard the whole movie Yeah. yeah with like guys closer to middle age and there wasn't they definitely feel like these movies all feel like these are these are men that are like 33 to like 36 years old. I'm sorry. I don't know if you could hear that. The like high pitched Bennett is having a doggy dream. Oh, <laughs> she's doing the like. Caroline, like, I know you love 27 dresses and it's not it. old enough to be remade, but Chalamet could definitely be that James Marsden character. Yes. Like the cynical writer. Yes. Oh, God. I need to watch 27 dresses. I love that movie mm-hmm. I love and that he also too. i think maybe this is just where my mind is but i think greg kinnear ends up in this role a lot too of the constant guy that seemingly does nothing wrong <laughs> and loses the girl <laughs> like yeah. that's like marsden's like forever thing because he has leading man good looks oh like he goodness. and it's not about looks but like he's charming he's handsome and that's like, I'm telling you, it's the humor that gets me every time. It's him like 
the back and forth like when she's in the cab like all it's his humor in that movie it's just it's per, it's perfect i can't it's my favorite um, i think james marsden is super funny he's he's yeah. anchorman too he is so funny and Man. yeah i don't get it yeah he I'm is he is like a complete whipping post in a lot of even in um westworld yeah teddy oh, like completely geez. different character and yeah and gets screwed gets too. gets completely yeah. screwed in westworld constantly constantly yeah. he's just a sweetheart every single and i'm i mean isn't he he's notebook Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, notebook's like, the big for one. James yeah, notebook's yeah. the big one where he just like loses. I feel like there's another that I'm not remembering, but um, yeah, there's so many. I wish that they did. I mean, what is the vibe? Why? Like, they don't think people will go see them in theaters, and I don't have to now, right? Like, I'm not saying every single thing should be for streaming, but like mm-hmm. that was the big deal about set it up was like it's finally a good rom com, mm-hmm. unlike something that we had seen, mm-hmm. and it was. And um, yeah, it's like a set it up is by no means wholesome. Like it's it's got edge definitely, yeah. but like when y'all were talking about in the forgetting Sarah Marshall episode, you've got like the Apatow like I called them. I told Kyle they're like bro rom coms. Yeah, like they're a lot more like you know a lot more crude, and you don't have like the purely like will they won't they rom com anymore. Well, I mean, we have a couple, but not as many. I want I need like look that's it's cheesy but I need that in my life yeah well because yeah. they, they started remaking didn't they do like a he's all that like they've started doing the oh. 90s high school ones which like I don't think mm-hmm. those are the ones that you want to remake but these are no. these ones I don't think you can I think you could do this in this concept like this was a re- I don't think you could do when Harry met Sally again Um, I think you could easily gender swap how to lose a guy in 10 days and that's like that's good Dude. Like I need someone to write the big chill lines again, where it's like where she says, "I I hoped it, you know, like I wanted mm-hmm. it to be you," or "You had me at hello," or "I love Glenn Powell's with Glenn Powell saying the like you're not hard to get, you're hard to earn." Mm-hmm. Like that's like and the 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 yeah. wedding speech in that one or the the toast. Oh, so the engagement. Yeah, oh, the engagement toast. <laughs> excellent, absolutely excellent. Any time that it's like, "I love you," "I like you," type things like. Ugh. So I'm such a sap. Like, write me that content. They need like, to put. Need, they need, need to it. put set it up on uh, on Disney Plus so we could have a watch party. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I'm telling. They need to put some of the like. There's there's so many people right now that are in that. Um, if you put them in anything, I will go see it. Yeah. Thing and led, led by Jonathan Majors right now. Put him in a rom com. Let him smolder on stage on screen. And like win everybody's hearts. I, I need it in my life. I need it. I think with that being said, Tom Hanks, <laughs> Meg Ryan, they were great. 1998. This was fun. I am so glad that both of you could join Yay. me, especially you, my beautiful wife. Thank you for letting me come downstairs for two hours a week and, and talk about movies. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, Caroline, where can the people follow you? you can find me at CW Darney on Twitter, as long as it still exists. So each week is like a new fun adventure on Twitter where you wonder if this is going to be it. <laughs> yeah. Flip a coin. And thank you for having me. Of course. The people can't find me, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> if you want to find me, you can go to Kyle's Instagram and all of that, but that's, 
you don't have to find me. So you it's don't, fine. Don't. I'm she's not, like, I'm, she's like, leave I'm not me here alone. to be found. Don't, <laughs> don't. I just want to talk about you've got mail. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. follow me on Instagram either, people. Um, <laughs> I, the only people who I get follow requests from on Instagram now are crypto bots. That's like, invest your wealth. Immediate yes. And I'm like, yeah, immediate yeah, yes. Yeah, and I'm like, automatic approval. You people are barking up the wrong tree. Like, what? Invest what? Um, but if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review if you're an Apple podcast. Next month, we will be shifting back away from rom-coms and into everyone's favorite soccer comedy that starts on March 15th. So a lot of good stuff in that regard. If you want to support the show, go to Patreon. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom the Farm presented by Baseball America. And we will catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.